Hey, but we are going to be talking uh, all month long about this story that Jesus told about farming, okay? Uh, which we're going to find out really isn't about farming. But I, and some of you, I mean, there may be a couple farmers in here, but most of us, that's not what we did all week. You know, we might have planted some flowers and stuff, but we really didn't get into farming. And if Jesus came to earth now, you know, in, 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 in this you know, century, in this decade, today, um, he would probably pick different illustrations, different comparisons. Um, but, but maybe if Jesus came here, he'd say, life is like uh, baseball, or life is like... Uh, Basketball. You see the Nuggets game? I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, praise the Lord. Anyway, so anyway. Um, or, you know, he may, he, he, but he'd compare something. Like, maybe he'd go Forrest Gump on us. Life is like a box of chocolates, you know, or something like that. If, if, if Jesus came to Colorado, maybe he'd compare life to skiing or, or hiking or jacked up weather. You never know what you're going to get. Kind of like a box of chocolates. But anyway, but, but the goal is, whenever Jesus told a parable... His goal was always to take something that we all know something about. And if you were to go back 2,000 years ago, everybody knew about farming. Everybody knew about fishing. Everybody knew about sheep. When I was growing up, there was like all these sheep stories. I'm like, God's obsessed with sheep, you know. They're all over the place. But that's how people made their living, you know. Um, uh, you didn't go to King Super. You know, you didn't run to Walmart. You grew it or you didn't eat or you raised it or you didn't have anything to eat. So Jesus would take things that people knew every day, common stuff, and he would compare it to stuff that is not quite as familiar, like God. You know, I know a little bit about, you know, raising corn. That God stuff is just out there, right? Or how do you live connected to God? Or, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, God in my heart. You know, I know how to put corn in the ground. I, how does God get in my heart? What does that even look like? And so Jesus would, would compare things. And the people would kind of, the lights would go and go, oh, well, I, I know a little bit about that. I remember a few years ago, um, I had an opportunity to go to Africa and spend a month in Kenya living with Maasai out in the Maasai uh, Mara. It was, it was great. It was like, like what I always wanted to do all my life. And, and uh, the, so we spent a month out there actually living in villages and, and hanging out with these beautiful people. And the last day of this, this you know, just going around and learning and meeting and, eat, and eating and, and living with them, um, we invited them all to come to this place called the Hill with the Tree on Top. Because it was a hill, it had a tree on top. It was very creative. But anyway, everybody's like, oh, we know where that is. So they all, we all walked there on the last day. And I mean, hundreds of these people came and they sat down. And culturally, they sorted themselves into three groups. We had all the ladies, all the women, they all sat together. So you're like the ladies section. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, so the ladies all sat together. And then all the shepherd boys, like four to 14, they all kind of, it was like a pile of shepherd. They're, they, they're like, hey, you know, they're just on top of each other, just like junior high kids today. They're, they're just like a big pile of shepherd boys. And then all the men sat over here. And I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how, you know I'm, I, I'm from Kentucky. What am I going to say to, you know, people who live in Africa? And then kind of the lights went on, and, you know, it's like, you know, teach like Jesus taught. So I, I looked at these ladies, and, and, I, and I pulled something out, of the, a lesson that Jesus taught, and went like this. Ladies, suppose you had 10 coins, 10 shillings in Kenya, all right? And that's all the money you had to buy food for your family all month long. And you lost one of them. What would you do? And all the ladies, they didn't know what a rhetorical question was. So they all started like, you know, talking to each other. And finally, one of them through translation stands up and says, you know, Pastor Jim, this is what we do. They live in a, what's called a boma, which is a, it's a hut. It has one little hole on the top for smoke to go up and one little hole inside for air to come in. And, and so it's really dark in there. She, she said, oh, we would light a torch and then we would get a broom and we'd sweep around in the dirt until we found the coin. Then I said, what would you do if you found your coin? He says, I would run out and I would tell all the other ladies in the village that I found my coin. And then we'd, we'd be really happy. I said, why would you be so happy? And this is where the, the story kind of falls apart. Because my husband's not going to hit me with a stick. So it's like, <laughs> all right. And I'm like, well, how do I tie this into Jesus? You know, it's like, so I said, well, it's kind, kind of like that with God. It's like the, the, not exactly. The, the, Bible says, the Bible says that when something lost gets found, 
that's the one thing that makes heaven go crazy and have a party. And they're like, oh. Then I look at these little shepherd boys, and they're like, you know, tell one to us. And so I, I said, okay, so you, know, you herd sheep and you herd cows all day long. What would you do if you counted up all the sheep and cows and one was missing? And they're like, oh, we know this, we know this. And so they start talking. Finally said, Pastor Jim, this is what we do. We would leave a, you know, the cows with our, with, our, with our friends, and then we would go look for the lost cow or, or sheep. Where would you look? Well, we'd look over in the valleys and then in the thorn bushes because sometimes I get stuck in the thorn bushes. And what would you do when you found him? Well, I'd, I'd put it on my, on my shoulders and I would carry him home. And what would you do when you got home? It's like, oh, we'd have, we'd have a party and we'd, you know, we'd be really, really happy. Why? Again, because my dad's not going to hit me with a stick. And uh, it's like, all right, skip over that part, all right? So I said, it's kind of like that in heaven. The Bible says that when one lost, you know, sheep, whatever, kind of gets found again, it's like heaven goes crazy and has a party. You know, then I looked at the, at the, at the men and I said, okay, and Scott used this story from this same you know, example a couple weeks ago. Hey, Dad, suppose you have two sons and one runs away from home. And on cue, all the dad's heads went down. Because in, in Maasai land, uh, this is a big problem because all the young men are leaving the villages and they're going to Nairobi and they're getting involved in the drug cartels and, 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 and sexual relationships that leave them HIV positive and people are dying left and right all through Africa. And so all the, 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 the dads were just really upset about it. I said, what would you do if your, if your son you know, ran away? He said, well, I'd go look for him. What would you do if you found him? Or what would you do if he came home? He said, oh, it would be the best day of my life because it would be like he was like dead and gone. I thought he was dead and then he came home. I said, it's just like that with God. And as I talked about this, it's like people were going, well, you know, I don't understand God. I don't understand heaven, but I do understand sheep. And I, I do understand lunch money. And I, I do understand my, my sons. One time Jesus was walking down the road and he came to this well and there was this lady who was getting water out of the well and uh, they started a conversation. She couldn't believe that he was actually even talking to her because they came from different cultures. And, and he said, uh, why do you come here every day? She says, uh, I get thirsty every day and keep coming, come, coming back here. And he says, listen, I know where you can find water. You have one drink of this water, you'll never be thirsty again. And she's like, I, I'm in. Where can I find water like that? And he said, it's me. I'm kind of like water that will quench your thirst forever. See, Jesus is coming along and he's trying to explain, there's this life, and it's a good life. He called it an abundant life, and it's available to you. It's the life you want. It really is. It's the life you were meant to have. It's the life God, God created you to have. And, and, and as Jesus walked around talking about this better life, getting people to want a better life wasn't the problem. I mean, who, do, who doesn't want a better life? I mean, I do. You know, I got a pretty good life. I like my life. You know, can I, do I want it to get better? Absolutely. So the problem wasn't getting people to want a better life. What people couldn't agree on is how do you get it? How do you get a better life? Or, or here's the other thing, what's, what's keeping me from getting a better life? You know, so, so that was 2,000 years ago, but, but here's what I'm finding is that if Jesus came to earth today, he might use different illustrations, talk less about cows, talk more about computers. I, I don't know, but what people were dealing with, the circumstances and questions they had back then, and the questions that I have today aren't really that different. Really, the, the big questions anyway. You know, whether you sit on a camel and herd sheep or you sit at a computer and, and type all day long, the questions of life are still the, the questions of life, right? They go like this. Um, I want a better life. Why can't I have one? You ever ask that question? I want my life to mean something. How come I feel like it doesn't? I want some things in my life to get better, all right? It's, it's Mother's Day, okay? Let's just go there. I, some of us, we, it's, it's a great day for some of us. For some of us, this is a horrible day. We would love to have a relationship with our mom or with our kids or, or whatever. And we keep praying for that and wishing it would happen, but it's not getting better. It's actually getting worse. Why is that? 
You know, I, I wish I had a better relationship with my, my parents, my, my kids, my, my friends, my God. I, I wish things were better. Why does it feel like it's going the wrong direction? Why do I keep making the same mistakes over and over and over? I think people 2,000 years ago and today have asked those questions, don't you? And what the Bible teaches is that you can learn a lot about God just by going and looking at mountains, looking at nature, looking at the ocean, looking at, at animals. You, it says that, the, the, that God's divine nature can actually be kind of discovered just by looking at, at creation. And Jesus would come back today and say, you know, it's the same way with life. You can learn a lot about life, I don't know, by looking at farming. You can find a lot of things that are true in the garden also line up pretty well with your life as well. So if your life isn't producing the crop, the harvest that you'd hope for, what should, what should we do? I don't know what any good farmer would do. Kind of stop, take a look at it, and... And, and make some adjustments. So this month, we're going to look at this story all, all month long. Um, and Jesus is talking about farming, but he's really not talking about farming. He's talking about life. So here we go. It's in Mark chapter 4. If you have a Bible with you, and there's always free Bibles in the back, or it's in your program. And, it, I, and I know it's always on the screen, but let me really encourage you to grab a program or grab a Bible and, and bring something to write with, because we're going to look at some words that you're going to go, actually, this word means this, and you can write out on the side. And I prayed about it. God is fine with you writing in the Bible. He is. Amen. Okay, so just go ahead and, and write, write in the Bible. All right, so Jesus is telling this story. Let me set this up. He's had a, bu- a bunch of people following him, like, hey, say something important. Jesus, say something important. And there's such a big crowd around him that he comes to this lake, and they're crowding around him. Nobody can hear, so he, he actually gets in a boat, and they row out a few yards from shore, and then everybody sits down on the bank. And so he's sitting in the front of a boat, and he's teaching all the people up on the side of this lake. Mark chapter 4, verse 3. This is the first story he tells. He says, now listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Now, Time out here, okay? When Jesus is talking about farming and stuff like that, there weren't big tractors, there weren't combines, there, were, there weren't these big farm machineries that, you know, I, I planted a thousand acres. I mean, it was really all, all the land that you could turn over with a, sh- a shovel, that was your farm. And, you, and, and this is how you sowed seed. You had a bucket of seed and you went out and you just kind of threw it. You kind of cast it around and some of it fell different places. And what Jesus is saying is a farmer went out and he had a field or a, or a garden plot and he started throwing seeds and some of it actually fell on the sidewalk beside the field and just laid there and birds came and ah, free food and came and, and, and took it away. And then, then some of it fell in kind of a mixture of dirt and rock and it, it kind of sprang up quickly. Then the sun came out and it all wilted, kind of like Scott's yard. Okay, so then, um, so then... Some of, the, some of the seed fell in soil that was, it was actually pretty good soil. The problem was there was a bunch of other stuff growing there too. So when it all started growing up, kind of the strongest took over and crowded out the good stuff. And, and, it, and then it died. And, but then some of the seed fell in really good dirt, really good soil that had been taken care of. And, and it sprung up and one seed like produced a hundred seeds. I mean, it, the, the harvest was great. Now, here's the thing. is, One farmer, same seed, different situations, very different results. Very different results. Now, here's the thing. Is most of the time when Jesus told a story about, you know, fishing or, you know, taking care of sheep or, or farming, usually he would just tell the story and then stop and pack up and move on. It's like either the, the application was so obvious that people are sitting there going, oh, I know what he's talking about. Or 
Sometimes you would just let it hang there and let people kind of wrestle with it or, you know, maybe argue, not that people do that in churches, but, you know, kind of go, what do you think it means? I think it means this, and I think it means this. But this time, um, he, he doesn't do that. Jesus is sitting there in this boat, and he's, he's teaching people about this and that and whatever, and somebody raises their hand and goes, excuse me, Lord, you know, teacher, uh, I have a question. And it's probably one of the disciples. And, and so, so Jesus is like, yes, what's your question? I, I think Jesus rolled his eyes a lot. I can't prove that, but I, I bet he did. But anyway, so, so Jesus is like, yes, uh, what's your question? Um, why are you talking about farming? Uh, we, you know, uh, we know about farming. We didn't really get up and walk all the way out here to this lake to hear farming lessons. We'd actually like to hear how to have a better life, not a better garden. Could, could you move on or explain what you're talking about? And this, this is the part where I think Jesus had to smile. Because I, I think he thought to himself, oh, all right, I'll explain it, but be careful. Be careful what you ask for because you might not like the application. But Jesus is about to explain every detail of the story. He doesn't do this most of the time. But it's like he wants to make sure everybody understands, all right, here's what I'm talking about. And in this case, would you like me to explain why you're stuck in a life that, you've, that you're stuck in? Fine. Here's why your life is not producing the harvest that you wish it and hoped for. So let's start back at this. Is verse 14, as he kind of goes through every verse of the story, and we're going to take the, you know, part of it, and then we're going to pick it up again next week. So Jesus, Jesus starts out, okay, all right. Here's what I'm talking about. The, the farmer sows the word. Okay, so, so, so right off the bat, Jesus says this. Okay, I'm not talking about farming. I'm not even talking about a real farmer, okay? Uh, and the seed I'm talking about is not corn seed or beans or, or, or wheat. Um, whatever this farmer is sowing is called the word. Now, what's that mean? What, what, what do you mean the, the farmer sows words? What does that mean? Well, if you compare that to other things that Jesus talked about and taught, it means this, is that God, kind of the farmer, has been sowing truth into our lives, or trying to. So Jesus is sometimes called the Word, and so, so God speaks through Jesus and says, I would like to speak some truth into your life. What do you mean, truth? What does that mean? Okay, here's, here's truth from God. Um, this is what a better life looks like. Um, here's how life works better. And he sows that into you, or tries to. Um, uh, God comes to us and somehow communicates to us, um, you need to make some changes in your life. This is how it would work better. This is not the right way to go. This is actually the, the better way to go. And he sows that truth into our life. Now, the, the question is, how? How? God comes along and wants to sow truth into my life. How does he do that? Different ways, I guess, you know. Today would be an example. Hopefully you're, you came in here because you want to hear from God, not from Jim. And you're hoping that maybe some truth is going to land on, on your life. All right? Um, maybe it's not here. Maybe this week you, you, you found a Bible and you were reading it and you went, Oh, well, that's, that's new. That's true. I never really thought about that. And, and God's trying to put some truth into your life. But sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with church or, or, or even, you know, opening a Bible. Uh, sometimes the circumstances of your life, it's like God's trying to tell you something, right? I mean, things happen over and over and over. And finally, it's like God's knocking you on the head going, uh, listen. Or maybe you have some friends, like 50 of them, that have been saying the same thing over and over to you. Like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Or have you thought about this? And it's like, finally, it's like, Maybe God's trying to tell me something. You think? I, I, when I was a youth pastor, um, I had this kid in my, in my high school youth group. Cocky. I mean, arrogant. You know, some of you, you know, you're, you know you're sitting by one. But anyway, all right, so anyway. So anyway, there's, there's this kid in my youth group, and he was always just mad. And I remember one day he came to me and he said, I cannot wait till I graduate and I get out of my house. Well, why? What, what's wrong? My parents are always trying to control my life and tell me what to do all day long. I'm just tired of 
People tell me what to do. So what are you going to do after you, after you graduate? I'm going to join the Marines. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> All the Marines in here are going, oh, man, he's going to. Yeah, he didn't last long. He didn't last long. And eventually uh, he got kicked out of the Marines and he, he ended up in jail. And, and, and a cop was trying to communicate some truth to him. He didn't listen to his parents, wouldn't listen to, you know, his sergeant. He, he wouldn't listen to the cops. And finally, some stuff started getting into his life. God was trying to tell him something. Hey, you're really arrogant. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah you are. God sows or tries to sow truth in, into our life. It didn't always go very well. Look at the next verse. Some people are like seed along the path, the, the sidewalk there, where the word, the truth is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in, in them. Okay? It, it'd be like this. is that there's this farmer, God, all right? And he's got this truth, and he's going, hey, I got some truth for your life. And he starts trying to sow that into your life, but it's about as effective as, as, as seed getting thrown onto pavement. And here's the thing is, if you've ever sown seeds on pavement, um, you know what happens? Nothing. It just lays there until finally somebody comes and goes, there, I'll take that. Or someone sweeps it away or it just, it just, just dies. It gets crushed and not, nothing happens. And, and it's not because the seed was bad seed. It wasn't because it wasn't true. It's because um, it was never given a chance. And that's just true, isn't it? God tries to teach us something that he knows is true and will lead us. If you, I'm telling you, if you just let this take root in your life and let it grow, it will lead to a better life, an abundant life. And the reason he knows it will lead to a better life and knows that it will work if you just let it into your life is because the part of, his li- of your life that he's talking about, he invented. It was his idea. He really knows how this works best. If you just let some of his truth into that part of your life, it will actually be better. But when we hear what God wants to talk about or teach us in that part of our life, we're about as open to that as concrete is to corn seeds, right? Not, not all truth. I mean, I'm open to some of God's truths. I mean, I like some of God's truth, all right? As a matter of fact, you know what my favorite truth from God is? Truth I already believe. Truth I'm already doing. I love coming to church and the guy stands up here and talks about stuff I'm already doing. I actually drive home going, I'm a good person. You know, I, I like truth that confirms that what I'm doing is absolutely on course. You know, I, the other truth I really, really like is the truth um, that other people need to do. Right? Right? And some of you right now, you're sitting in here going, I am glad you need to listen to that, all right? Right? It's like, I'm glad she's here today. You know, right? Because we love truth that applies to other people. But we're good. Well, what do you mean? Ah, here's some examples. You know, uh, straight people love to hear truth about gay people. I'm telling you, if those gay people just get some truth, then, then they wouldn't, what? And, and gay people would lo- love to hear truth about intolerant or mean people. They, that's the truth. They need to listen to that. If you're poor, you love it when I talk about how rich people need to spend their money different. And give it to you. You love that truth, right? right? And, and if you're rich, you love it when I teach that, that, that message about there's no law that says you have to give 10% of your money to the church anymore, all right? Um, you're like, yeah, great, grace. Yeah, I like that, all right? Um, there's truth that we like and truth we don't. Like, uh, if you've ever committed a sin in your life, that would be all of us. We love it when I stand up here and give the truth about forgiveness. That's a good one, isn't it? Or uh, if you're hurting, like last week, um, we love to hear that truth about no matter how hard life gets, God is good and he'll give you strength. I like that one. That's a good truth. If you're addicted to something, we want to hear that truth about being a new creation, that we get a new start. If you've ever you know, made a lot of mistakes, you want to hear that truth about in Christ there is no condemnation. When, when God sins and plants truth like that in our life, we're like, yeah, plant some more. I love that truth. Give me some more of that. I'm all in on that. That's good truth. And that's not, that's not a bad thing that, you know, 
I mean, it's true. It's God's truth. That's not what Jesus is talking about. What he's talking about this morning is very different. Jesus is talking about that word or that truth that comes your way and lands on the really hard places in your life. The, the, the tough places in your life. What, what do you mean? All right, how about this? God sends some truth, speaks some truth some way into your life and it bumps into your sexuality. Not those people, yours. Your sex life. Because what God says about sexuality and what you think is true about sexuality is very different. Now what are you going to do? Because what you're currently doing is very different than what lines up with what God is saying is true. And you've got some tension in your life now. Right? Or God sends some truth your way about, hey, here's how I want your marriage to work. And it's very different than your marriage is right now. And you have this tension in your life. And here's why. Because one of you is right and one of you is wrong. You can't both be right. Right? God says it's this and, and you say, well, it's... I think it's something else. You know, how about, how about this, um, uh, kids? Let me talk to you. You read, there's this verse in the Bible. I know exactly where it is, all right? Where it says that, hey, kids, you've got to obey and honor your parents. And you're like, God doesn't know my parents. Because if God met my parents, he would go, except for you. I'm telling you, there, there's just no way that's ever going to happen. You know, I could go on and on and on and on with a, a list of all the situations and example that, you know, they're true for most people. Um. But, but the truth is, we already know what I'm talking about. You already know what I'm talking about in your life. You know what part of your life is covered in concrete. Don't you? It's that part of your life that goes like this. I know what God says about it. I don't care. I'm not going to do it. That's what Jesus is talking about today. See, and I'm bringing it up this morning, but, you know, this won't be the first time you've thought about it. Because if you're anything like me, you've been wrestling and arguing with God about this for years. A lot of years. I mean, fill in the blank. God sends some truth your, lo- your way, and, and, and our response so far has been like this. God, I know what you say about that. No. That's probably my most common prayer. Dear God, no. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, <laughs> God, I know what you want me to do. It won't work. God, I know, you, I know what you are telling me not to do. I'm doing it anyway. I, I, I can't help it. God, I know... I know I, I know you're telling me that I ought to treat him different or forgive her. Let me be honest with you, God. I don't want to. And I'm I'm just not going to do it. God, I know you tell me not to give up and walk out or whatever. But I'm telling you, I've been trying and trying and trying. It's getting nowhere. I I quit. Here's kind of the the big one, all right? God, I know what you're saying is is probably true. I just don't want it to be true. Because if it is true, that means a big part of my life is not true. And I don't want to think about that. Because it's hard to admit it, but it's even harder to change it. But remember why Jesus is telling a farming story that's really not about farming? He's talking about life, especially the parts of our life where we keep on going, why do I keep going the wrong direction? Why do I keep on, you know, repeating the same errors and mistakes? Why, why do I keep hoping for a, a harvest that never seems to come? And Jesus would say this, maybe the reason that your life isn't going the way you, you hoped it would is because anytime God sends some truth your way, and it's either hard truth or it doesn't line up with what you hoped it would, your first response is just kind of, I don't want that. And you sweep it away until it's just gone. Maybe that's, that, that's the reason. I, I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to think about it. I disagree with that. And, and here's what's going to happen, okay, is that if, if you stick around here long enough, eventually some truth is going to bump into your life hard. And here's what you're going to do. You're either going to hear it and, 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 and receive it, or here's probably what a lot of us are going to do. You're going to get mad at me. You really will. You'll get in your car. I cannot believe Jim would even suggest 
And by the way, it's not me, it's Jesus. But anyway, he would suggest that my, part of my life is not God's plan or God's will. Or, or, or here's the thing, is you'll, you'll, you'll leave. You'll just pack your things and go gather your kids and you'll go church hopping or shopping. And, and, you'll, and you'll keep looking for a church and you'll finally find one that lines up with everything you want it to say. You'll, you'll find a, a preacher out there somewhere that says, hey, I, listen, I don't want to offend anybody. I just want to make you feel better about it. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to do anything different. You don't have to be anything different. I'm telling you, you just keep on doing what you want to do. It all works out in the end. Um, we're not that church. Just so you know. 2,000 years ago, Paul, this guy, he said, there's a day coming when most churches will be like that. Most churches will, will just say, hey, whatever it takes to get a crowd, let's just talk about that. But here's what, he, Paul, he's, he's really old and he writes this letter to a guy named Timothy and, and he's in prison, he's about to be executed and Timothy is still free and he's out like planting churches and so before Paul dies, he writes a letter to this young preacher and, and this is what he says, he says, um, hey Timothy, preach the word, in other words, teach the truth, teach, teach what Jesus said, okay, and, and here's the thing is, there's going to be a time coming when people just, oh, don't, don't say that. That's, just, that's so offensive to people. And that's, that's politically incorrect. So leave those parts of Jesus' words out and just do these other parts of Jesus, all right? Um, so here's what I want you, I want you to, you've got to teach the word. Teach the truth. Don't change it. Be prepared in season and out of season. When it's popular and you get a crowd and when everybody leaves, as long as it's the truth. Now, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. Don't be mean. Don't beat people up with the truth. And careful instruction. For the time will come when men, women... Boys and girls, right, will not put up with sound doctrine. We don't want to hear good teaching. We don't want to hear true teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, make me feel better, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, untruth, lies. I'm telling you, folks, there's a lot of churches out there, and if you shop long enough, you will find one that that will tell you that it's all good. There, there, there are churches that say there's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as hell. There's no such thing as heaven. We're not really sure there's such thing as Jesus. I'm telling you, you shop long enough, you will find that. We are not that church. But what Jesus is teaching is this. Maybe the reason your life isn't going in the direction you hoped it would. Maybe the reason you find yourself repeating the same mistakes over and over and in the same circumstances over and over is this. You're willing to ask God some questions. Like last week we talked about, you can ask God any question you want. Here's the, here's the thing though. You're only open to one answer. Hey, God, I got questions about my life, but if the answer is not this, I'm out of here. Right? I got questions about my marriage, I got questions about my love life, my sex life, whatever. Like, and God, the, the, the answer better be this, but, but if it's not, I'll just go find someplace where it is the answer. Conversations like this happen all the time at Flatters. Not so much back in Kentucky, but this is not the Bible Belt. So anyway, so... A few weeks ago, I had this guy make an appointment with me, and he came in because um, he, he was, he was uh, he had, here's the question he had. Are he and his husband welcome to attend Flatirons? This is a gay couple, all right? And first of all, um, it always blows me away why anybody says, are we allowed to come to church here? Yeah. Yes! Everybody's allowed to come to church here, okay? Everybody is, is allowed. But here's the thing about, about him and, and, and his partner was, they didn't want to just attend here and sit in the back and sing songs and then get in, go into the parking lot. They actually wanted to get involved. They wanted to find a place to serve. They loved God and they wanted to utilize their gifts and, and, and serve God. And they wanted to know, are we allowed to do that? And here's why they asked that, because their last church kicked them out. So I'm talking, and we're having a great conversation, you know, talking about, you know, where he grew up and, 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 and how he grew up and all this, and wrestling through different issues in his life and, you know, and his relationship, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And um, finally I said, hey, I got one question for you. 
Um, it goes like this. Hey, are, are you looking for God's will for your life? Are you looking for God's truth for your life? Are you, are you open to hearing what God has to say about your life? And his, without a miss a beat, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm coming. I want to hear what God says to me about my life. I said, okay, great. Yeah, me too. I got, I got a harder question now. Um, are you open to the idea that God's purpose and truth and plan and will for your life might be different than what you thought it was or hoped it was or even wanted it to be? Not, not just this area of your life, any area of your life. Are you, are you open to the idea that, that God may want to speak into your life and His truth is different than what you hope it is or you want it to be? And a little bit slower, a little bit quieter, he looked at me and went, I am. And I said, uh, me too. You're welcome aboard. And now you know, they're serving here. Now here's the, I know just by telling that story, I open myself up to criticism from some of you, you know, and, and, and from other churches. There, there are hundreds of churches that listen to us online. And, and I, hear, I know about Tuesday, okay, when this goes online, here come the emails from across the world, all right? And they will go something like this. Because this afternoon there will be some preacher going, him, all right? and here's what I go. I cannot believe, all right? And some of you are like going, I'm, I'm, I'm emailing you, all right? I cannot believe that you let people like that, you know, attend, let alone serve in your church. I'll get those emails, okay? So here it is, all right? If you're listening online, I don't care what you think about me or our church, all right? I don't care. And here's, here's why. Here's why, okay? Because we're going to get criticized. But if we're going to get criticized, how about we get criticized for the same things they criticized Jesus for, which was, why do you hang out with people like that? If you want to throw stones at me about that, Go for it. You know, take aim and fire away. I, I'm fine with that. And by the way, if you're listening online, your church is, peop- is full of people like us. They're just afraid because if you find out that we're there, uh, you'll beat us up or throw stones and kick us out. So we're just not that church. So moving on now. That, that one in my notes, but I had to say it. All right, so, <laughs> so you got a farmer out there sowing truth into someone's life. God sowing truth into your life. And some of it lands on hard pavement. And it lays there for a while, and then it just gets kind of blown away, has no effect, no change, and leads to no harvest in your life. So let me wrap this up. I got a question. I got actually two. Here's the first one. Are you looking for God's will for your life? For your plan, His plan for your life? Are you, are, are you open to God speaking truth into your life? And, and by life, I'm not talking about heaven and hell, okay? I mean... Hey, if you believe in Jesus Christ, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again for your sins, we don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm talking about, I'm going to heaven. Not today, I hope, <laughs> okay, all right? I mean, I, but I have some decisions to make this afternoon, don't you? And I plan on coming to the office tomorrow, you know, and, and I plan on being married all week long. I've got some decisions, you know, that I have to make today. Are, are you open? Are you looking for God's truth for your life? And like, like this, are you open to the idea that God might want to speak into your love life? Or your, your lack of love life. Um, in, into your marriage. Hey, God, want, God wants to talk about your marriage. Are you even open to that? Or, or uh, it, it's Mother's Day. Hey, moms, are you even open to the idea that God may be speaking to you going, Hey, I want you to raise your kids a little bit different than what you're raising. Or your adult children. Or your, you know, your, 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 your parents. Whatever that is. Um, I want to talk about that relationship. Here's the truth. Here's what I want you to go do. Are you even open to that? Or your divorce. Now, here's the thing is, some of us, you know, we have to get divorced, or we had to get divorced, all right? That's not, I'm not asking about whether you should or not. I'm asking this. Did you ask God to speak into it? Or did you just hope that that was the right answer? Or are you hoping? 
into your sex life, uh, into your lack of sex life, into your sexual orientation? Are you even asking God, God, what do you think about this? Speak some truth into that. He's a better teacher than I am. Hey, God, speak some truth into my financial world. Here's my wallet. What do you think about what I'm doing with it? Into my career. Do you like the career I'm doing? Is there another career I ought to switch to? Into the way I go to school. Hey, God, would you speak some truth into my self-esteem, my image, how I see myself? Because my dad spoke into it, and my ex-whatever spoke into it, and my parents spoke into it. How about you speaking into some truth into my life? Are you even open to hearing what God has to say about that? How you see yourself, how you see uh, other people, how you treat people. Not your friends, I mean, like the people you hate. Hey, God, I really hate him, or I hate her. Do you want to speak into that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. The way you treat your body. You know, too much of this or not enough of this, whatever. Or somebody else's body. See, that's where you live every day. I mean, we're going to heaven. Uh, it's great. All right, now, what about this afternoon? Are you open to letting God speak into the important areas of your life? Some truth into those areas. Now, I, got a, I got a tougher question. If you said, yeah, absolutely. Are you open to the idea that what God might want to say about your life is different than what you hoped it would be or thought it would be or even wanted it to be? Because here's the thing is, how you answer that question is as different between good soil and pavement. And how you answer that question totally determines what grows out of the soil of your life. And here's the thing though, okay? It just takes a little bitty crack in the concrete for something to grow. I, I was up, I, Rob and I took a couple days of vacation, we, went, we, took, we met some friends and, and we went up to Estes Park and hung up out in the mountains up there and, and it was, I, but I think I hit a wolf, I don't know, I, I, that's an ADD moment, but anyway, okay, so we'll tell about that another sermon, but anyway, okay, so ask me out there in the lobby, I need more medication, alright, so here we go, alright, so, so I'm driving down the road and, and I'm driving up to, to, the, to that big canyon that goes up there on Highway 7, alright, and, and I look up there and there's just, it's always amazing to me, some of you live here all your life, you forgot how awesome this place is, it's, it's really awesome, alright, so I'm looking and there's like this huge, like, it looks like one big rock face, it's just huge, but then growing right out of the middle of it is a tree, a, a, a pine tree growing out of a rock, I mean, Scott can't get grass to grow, but somehow a tree <laughs> is growing out of the side of a mountain, I'm like, how in the world did that happen, and, and here's how it happened, alright, sometime, um, uh, <laughs> Um, Scott, I don't know if you're here. Uh, anyway, so anyway, so some, some, somehow that rock cracked open. I don't know how. An earthquake, I don't know, God karate chopped. I, I don't know, you know. But, but somehow that, that rock cracked open just a little bit and someone or something, whatever, dropped a seed in there and it found a place to, to take some root and then it went down deep enough until it found some place to feed it and give it something to drink. And now there's a pine tree growing out of the side of a rock. You know, maybe that's the Colorado version of this parable we're talking about today. You know, um, so let me ask you this. What is it for you? What, what do you mean? What's the part of your life that's covered in concrete? What's the part of your life that says, I, I know what God says about it? No. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it out of the theoretical thing. It's audience participation time, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to unfold your arms. If you have coffee or if you have another person or a baby, just kind of, you know, throw those on the floor for a second, all right? And, uh, <laughs> all right, here's what I want you to take your hands and just kind of open them up. Now, we're not going to get weird, like, oh, you know, we, all right, I don't do that. Okay, me, all right, fine. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to make one of your hands a piece of paper and the other one a pencil, all right? Um, the only person really is excluded from doing this is Jesus. The rest of us, let's do this. Okay, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write, and, and nobody can read this. It's secret code, all right, whatever. I want you to write a word or a couple words on the palm of your hand that is that area of your life that's off limits to God. And, and let me just get you started, okay, all right? Um, 
for some of us, Mother's Day is a great day. For some of us, it's, it's a horrible day. It just accentuates that relationship broke a long time ago. What's God want saying there? So, you know, write something there. It's our marriage. It's our parents. It's, I, I don't know. I'm no. You know, we're addicted to something, and we've tried and tried and tried to break it, but we can't, you know. It's those secrets that nobody knows about, that every time we do those things, we feel guilty, and we promise God we'll never do them again, and then we're good for a day or two, and then we do them again. You, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So write that in, in your hand, and then close it up, hard as a rock. All right? And just hold it there. Got it? And here's the thing. God has been trying for a long time to throw some truth into your life. And it's about as effective as throwing corn on concrete, isn't it? And, and here's the thing, and this is going to sound mean, and I don't mean for it to. And it's going to sound unloving and uncaring. It's actually the opposite. The most loving, caring thing I could ever say to you as your pastor, as your teacher today, it goes like this. Um, you don't have to open that up. But if you don't, it will never be what it could be. It will never be what you needed it to be or wanted it to be or God planned for it to be for your life. It'll be, there'll just be nothing like what you hoped for and it will never turn out the way that you need it to turn out. And unless you would just crack open just a little bit and let a little bit of truth in there, I'm telling you, it's always gonna be this way. The question is, well, how much truth? How much do I have to let God into that part of my life? I'm not ready to open up all the way to God. I don't know, a little bit, how a little bit? If you keep on reading the rest of that chapter, Mark chapter 4, down at the end, Jesus is looking for an illustration, so he picks out um, the smallest seed there is. It's called a mustard seed. A little bit, he says, if you had just a mustard seed, it's about the size of a grain of sand, just that much faith and trust in God, if you let that much into your life, I'm telling you, it would grow into the largest plant in the garden. So here's the thing is, if you don't let God's truth into your life, I, I don't know what will happen. If you do let God's truth into your life, um, something will. You don't have to. You keep on going the way you've been going. But let me tell you what will happen. Nothing. And if you're content with that, then hold on to it. Here's what we're going to do. Don't let go yet. All right? It's like, well, it's cramping. I know. Because this, this is a horrible way to live. See, I understand why some of us had to put concrete over that part of our life. People abused it. People hurt it. People broke it. People took advantage of it. We had to harden it up. I understand why you have to live like this. It's just a horrible way to live. So here's what, here's what we're going to do, okay? Still, still got it? We're going to sing a couple songs, and we're going to pray. And if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. And if you want to come up here and kneel, you can kneel, whatever that is. But over the course of these next couple songs, um, when you're ready to say, all right, God, I'm willing to listen, all right? Talk about, for, for me, it's, it's my relationship with fill in the blank. I, I'm not, you can't have it all, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen. Then you start opening up your hand. And by the way, uh, don't do this but right now, but when you open up your hand, it's really stiff. But that feels good. So some of you are going to drive home like this. Nope. Uh, not, <laughs> you know, and that's cool. That's all right. Someday maybe. Someday. All right. A little bit at a time. But I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship, stand, sit, go home. There's communion back there uh, if, you, if you want to take advantage of that. But uh, let's just go and let's have a conversation with God. And when you're ready, let him in. All right, God, I come to you this morning, and here's the truth is, I'm open to about 90% of what you have to say. I'm all good with 90% of you taking over that part of my life, but that last 10% of my life, that's the hard stuff, and it's the most important stuff. And I'm really, really hesitant to let you have that part of my life. And so, uh, 
if you really are good and I really can't trust you, I'm willing to let a mustard seed in. And we'll see where that goes. And so God, over these next couple of songs, would you just speak to us? Would you pry our hands open if you have to, if you would crack open the rock so some truth can get in. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name.